Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. And welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Brunswick, and you just get me today. There's no Kirby. There's no guests. Just me on fire about this topic. Uh, We're talking about insurance today, everyone. What an exciting topic, right? Um, Although it doesn't sound exciting, I promise to do my damn best to bring the comedy and the realness. Um, Before we jump in, let's talk for a sec. Okay, if you're not a runner, you're not gonna relate to this story. If you are a runner, I just almost crossed a milestone or a bucket list or something like that of officially being a runner uh, this past week. Um, And you know, maybe if you're not a runner, maybe you just have really bad IBS and you can still relate to this story. Okay, so here's the deal. I normally do my runs, my long runs. I'm training for a half marathon and I usually do them like around nine or 10 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday because I've woken up, I've had my coffee, I've pooped, I've done all the things, I've stretched. Well, long story short, I realized that I wasn't gonna be able to get it in on a Sunday and I was gonna need to squeeze it in on Monday morning, um, a six mile run before I got ready for work. So it's just not my normal schedule. I don't usually, I usually, if I'm going to run in the morning, it's like three or four miles. So I wake up, I drink my coffee, I slam 450 milligrams of magnesium. Any of the nutritional people out here are going, oh, I know where the story's going. Um, I poop. It was great. Thank you. It was a very normal thing. Um, I stretch and I head out the door. So I'm like three miles in and my stomach is starting to gurgle. And just so you know, like this is a down and back situation. Okay, so I'm like literally three miles. I am three miles from my house. So I turn around and I'm like, I'm going to be fine. Now it is 615 in the morning um, and the route I'm going on, there's just not a lot. I'm on Main Street, but because it's 615, there's nothing else like open. And I also just have like a weird rape thing where like I don't like running off Main Street in like areas. So anyway, so I want to stay on Main Street. So I'm, anyway, I'm running. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And then um, I kind of passed my one opportunity of the grocery store. And I'm like four and a half miles in. And I'm like, no, I'll make it. And then I realize, 
I'm not going to make it. Oh, my God. So I'm looking and all of the places I've never had to poop while running before. Like I've had to, but I've never like had to find a place to do this. So I'm like, my brain is scanning. I'm like looking for a construction or construction site, porta potty. I'm like wondering like, should I go in that back behind there in those bushes under that bridge? But also it's 620. So like a lot of the homeless people are probably still sleeping in those areas that would be a good place to poop. So I'm like, mm -mm, again, I'm really scared about being raped. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I decide I'm just gonna call Kirby and he's gonna have to come pick me up. So I call him, he knows I'm out on a run and I don't just call to talk. So he answers and he's like, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm like, um, kind of. And he's like, what, what's up? And I'm like, are the girls up yet? And he's like, no, why? And I'm like, I need you to come pick me up. I'm not gonna make it home. Otherwise I'm gonna poop my pants. And he's just like, he doesn't laugh which would have been nice for him to laugh and, you know, make me feel like, ha, 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 this is funny. Um, he goes, okay, I'll wake up, Chuck. So he wakes up our oldest, lets her know he's going to be gone for a couple minutes. I tell him where I'm going to meet him. He comes zooming up. <laughs> I get in the car and I'm like, don't talk to me. And I just like sat in the car, clenching my butt cheeks. I did made it home, you guys. And then I finished my run. Um, but again, for all y'all non-runners, that it's kind of a milestone moment. All the runners out there going, oh yeah, I've been there. Um, I have yet to poop in the woods, but I'm telling you that I got damn close this week, you guys. Jeez Louise. So lesson, uh, don't take 450 milligrams of magnesium and two cups of coffee in the morning and then go for a run. That's not what we're talking about today, though. Um, so today, like I said, we are talking about insurance today. Um, but before we do that, let's do a listener highlight. I found one from a couple months ago that I think I forgot to read. Oopsies. Um, so it's five stars and it's from Dr. Whitaker back in March. And it says, so thankful. I'm a recent grad and have been struggling for the past few months with multiple things. I'm a mom of two young boys, started up a whole new business, dealing with insurances, patients, and mom guilt. I grew up Christian and have fallen away along this journey. Your podcast has talked about so many things that have been weighing on my heart, especially student loans. Thank you for all you do. Dr. Kelsey Whitaker, DC. Thank you, Dr. Kelsey. I follow your Instagram, so I know who you are. I like it. Um, I appreciate, though, that feedback. You guys know that. I say that every time. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't read these on air to, like, brag or anything like that. It's just, if you're going to take the time to write a review, and the review is what I appreciate because that allows the podcast um, to be shown to other people. You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there for to listen to. Honestly, even if you just search chiropractic podcasts, there's a ton. So those reviews help other people find the podcast. Um, I read them on air because like I said, if you're going to write it, I'm going to read it because I appreciate it. So let's see, let's, um, let's read today's question and then we will pray and we'll get into it. So this one, I, I have like four different, uh, insurance questions, like getting out of network insurance questions that have been sent. Um, so I picked this one 
It says, it's from Mackenzie Katz. And it says, hi, Dr. Lauren. I was just at the ICPA meeting at LifeU and was so excited to hear you talk today. Oh, wow, this is from months ago. Um, I absolutely love listening to your podcast for all the topics you cover. I had a question about why you decided to start with insurance and then why you went to cash and how you did that transition with your existing practice members. If you had any backlash for changing modes of payment or cost of care plans and how you may have changed the way you talk the value of chiropractic. I'm struggling with the if I want to do insurance or cash for my future practice in New Hampshire and what you feel as the benefits or drawbacks for both. Um, okay, so let's pray and then let's dig into this. Dear God, thank you so much for um, these questions, these people who thank you for the trust that they put. Um, thank you for inspiring them to seek out advice um, and help everyone listening to know that like the insurance thing is such it's one of those badges that we take and can turn so prideful and ego and um, don't let anybody listening feel any shame about any percentage of cash versus insurance that they are help them to really dig through my story and find what resonates with them find truth that works for them um and just be with them to be on their own journey. And if your choice for them is to start getting free, more freedom in their life through exiting insurance, then so be it. And if not, like just help them hear what they need to hear. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So Dr. McKen or I don't know, maybe this was a long time ago. Maybe she's a doctor by now. At the point she was a student when she wrote it. So Mackenzie is correct. I started 10 years ago in practice in insurance, in all insurance. Now, the reason I started in insurance, and I'll kind of, the main focus I want to talk about today is how I got out of network. So I'll kind of breeze through the like, the reason was, is I bought a practice. Um, it was a teeny tiny little practice that was seeing 10 to 25 people a week. Um, and, you know, at one point she was seeing 50 people a week and there was like all these patient files and she was in network with everyone. And I came from a very... Um, I mean, I don't think Northwestern would appreciate me saying this, but the chiropractic college in Minneapolis, they're very medically minded, like whether they like it or not, that was my perception. You could definitely find your people there. I just never did. I was a shitty chiropractic student. Oh my gosh. Um, from the sense of like, I didn't seek out what was missing from my education. Like I didn't seek out philosophy. I didn't fall in love with the philosophy of chiropractic until years into practice. So I got spit out like I a businesswoman, basically like I like chiropractic. I want to make money at this as fast as possible. Um, I knew I wanted to see kids. I knew I wanted to see pregnant women. That was no problem. So back when I started in 2010, um, I don't know, insurance was just a little different than it is now, which in 2010, it was different than it was in 2000, I'm sure, versus it was in the Mercedes 80s. Like if you haven't heard of that term, the Mercedes 80s is like <laughs> every like chiropractor who's in his 60s or whatever will talk like about the Mercedes 80s because they would just get paid 
endlessly and really well from all insurance without having to do much paperwork. Um, kind of how I imagine a medical doctor feels. Um, so anyways, that wasn't the environment that I got spit out into, but there were just less audits. There were less rules. Things were just very straightforward typically when I started. And I wanted to have a very smooth pathway for the patient to call me. I don't even think I thought about the concept of being out of network. Like you want my honest answer? I didn't even think about it. It wasn't something that we weighed. It was just like, yeah, and we're gonna be in network with everyone because that's what you do. Granted, I've told you before that I didn't get a chiropractic coach for like three years. Again, I didn't follow the philosophy and all of that for a long time. So I didn't put much thought into it is my answer is I just got a network with everyone. So then we started growing and we started growing and we started growing. And um, I don't know, I can't, I don't know whether this was just like timelines or like of just like every year insurance got worse and worse, or if I just had more and more patients, so I had more and more interactions with them. But they, there was just some weird, kind of scary, kind of shitty things that happened, sometimes with patients. Um, you know, like, I won't go into any like details or whatever. But like, for instance, I'd be seeing a kid for ear infections and submitting to insurance, which you're not supposed to do. And then I would try telling the patient like, okay, she's all better now. We need to go to wellness. Oh no, 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 the ear infection one. I originally told the patient like, hey, um, what we're seeing her for is not a musculoskeletal complaint. You need to pay cash and patient did. And then like six visits in, I'm on a three way with health partners insurance and this patient and health partners like whatever, lady is saying like, why did you tell the patient that she didn't have chiropractic for her daughter? And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, this is bullshit. This is not what I signed up for. Um, other insurance companies, you know, would tell patients that they had unlimited chiropractic care. So like if the patient called to find out how many visits do I get, they would say, you have unlimited chiropractic. And so the patient comes in and I'm like, cool, that's great. Cause I haven't worked with this insurance much. And I start seeing them. And then all of a sudden around visit 10, I get like a nasty letter being like, pretty much wrap it up, yo. Um, and then like visit 13 starts getting denied, denied, denied. And when we call, they're like, you know, basically the patient's cut off because you, if you want to go do about 20 minutes of online paperwork, proving that the patient was, is improving and you can get more yada yada and I was like I don't want to do that that sounds terrible I did it for a couple and they were like okay here's two more visits and I'm like oh I need like 20 more visits okay um you know so it just it was messy it was starting to get messy because I'm not the type of chiropractor that ever says okay you're done now come back when you have pain again so I think this is kind of an important part of the story of you need to understand your, how you're going to practice, how you are practicing, know your why. So if you're in practice and you're in network with insurance and you're going like, gosh, I'd really like to get out of network with insurance. Um, why? 
Now, you just simply wanting to not be in network or to get out of network is good enough. I like that. It's your practice. You do whatever the F you want. But understand why are you doing it? Because there's a couple like slippery, braggy shit that happens um, that if you're not really comfortable that you made this decision for you and the brand and the value and the patience and the environment that you're looking to create, you will have doubts. I promise you that like if any chiropractor out there who's 100% out of network on their bad weeks, their weeks where, or their bad months where they're not getting a ton of patience, if the thought, the little thought, negative thought bubble doesn't pop into their head, that practice would be easier if you were in network. They're lying. They are lying. We have probably five new patient phone calls a week that do not result in them getting on the schedule, even though we've got really good scripts for like when someone's like right out of the gates, they're like, do you take this insurance? And we're like, aha, we take back control of the conversation. We do all that. Like we've got that down and we still have probably about five new patients a week that are just like, I'm sorry, I have to go with someone who's in network. Now we're in a lower income area. Like, you know, we just, so, you know, it's one of those things where if you think that that doesn't weigh on my front desk when we're like, hey, how come we don't have many new patients this month? And they're going like, mm, you know, or like it is. And it, it's OK that you have that thought um, as long as the reason for not being in network was about you and not about this like I'm in all cash pediatric practice <laughs> and like I am pretty much in all cash so it's funny that I say that in that voice we're in network with Medicare that's all we're in network with um because I don't think I know how to get out of network with Medicare and I have some Medicare patients that I really like but we're about three mm, percent Medicare 97 percent cash so I can make fun of the people who are like oh I'm all cash good for you the reason it worked for us is because I wanted to see more and more pediatric patients and insurance was getting more and more away from covering non-musculoskeletal things for kids. And why am I seeing kids? I'm seeing kids for colic. I'm seeing kids for asthma. I'm seeing them for attention, I'm seeing them for behaviors. Also, the deeper and deeper I got into the neurology of understanding what is possible with correcting chiropractic that just kind of blew up in my face too now don't laugh at me okay but like when i first started um again i will just remind you i came from a very medically minded chiropractic school and i bought into a practice that her, I, she had a care plan that was like three times a week for a week two times a week for a week one time a week for a week and I didn't have a coach. And so I just did that. Um, so then as I started to understand, like, what that, that wasn't changing anything in people's neurology, and it wasn't helping them with all this other stuff that I could help with. And I started looking down the barrel, or that's a weird phrase to say, I didn't, not in a bad way. I don't know, whatever, I started presenting 24 visit care plans, 36 visit care plans, 48 visit care plans. <laughs> insurance, you know, like being like an insurance will cover six of those. And then it's going to be really awkward for them that you're paying cash because they don't like their members paying cash for a play, you know, like it just got messy. Um, so it was the right thing for us. Um, that's really what it is, is it was no longer 
congruent with our practice style. Now, I'm not here to like talk anybody into or out of insurance, but I do want to say like, if you are a practice that uses like your exam is very set up the way you know insurance wants that functional assessment and if your exam is you know set up to speak insurance and your notes and all of that and like everything about your clinic you've got billing and you've got all these things and you do progress exams and then you release people and say come back when it hurts again I guess that's kind of the thing is insurance is set up for pain and that's okay um, I'm very, very glad that there's lots of chiropractor, chiropractors out there whose main focus is people in pain and getting them out of pain. And when they're out of pain, they release the patient. Okay, I, I have a feeling most of the people listening to this podcast um, are much more talkers about stress. And we all know that like the stress that is built up in the system can be helped through a care plan through that active care plan of multiple visits a week but then when you get out to like wellness care maintenance care their stress continues and so like our relationship continues because your life is just because now your pain is gone and your headaches are gone and you're sleeping stress continues to enter your life so i stay a part of your life um so you know that's neither here nor there but like if you are a pain clinic i don't know why you would get out of network like, it is easier for your patients to have somebody else pay for it. And like, if you are a student, you probably can't really empathize with what it's like to pay $3,000 a month for your family of four to have a really kind of good insurance or kind of mediocre insurance. And so, you know, a lot of people in the U.S., Canadians have like, they're like, I don't understand this, this question. Um, in the U.S., a lot of times parents are forced to choose between high deductibles and low monthly payments or high monthly payments and low deductibles. And if you're a parent who has said, yes, I am going to pay $4,000 a month for my family to have a $100 deductible, going to an in-network chiropractor is a big deal. Like, it just is. So it's a hurdle. It's a thing. Like, it's just, it's not an easy thing. Um, there isn't a right way. It's not like a cool kid thing to be out of network. For me, it wasn't congruent. So let's talk about how to do this, okay? Um, so let's see. Number one is if you're in practice, okay? So we're going to kind of shift this question to, like, because if you're not in practice, you just start, okay? Like, we're, you, I'm going to focus on the part of the question that's like, how did you transition your existing practice members? And was there backlash? So start with where is your money coming in from? Now, if you are like me and you don't know how to figure out that question, you don't have the luxury of skipping this. You need to figure it out. I fortunately have a Kirby and I said, hey, husband, um, can you give me a breakdown spreadsheet of where our monthly income is coming from, from insurance and this and that and which insurance company? And it was wonderful. And he spent a day doing it. And I had a glorious graph or pie chart. So I was able to look and go, um, and for the life of you, I, I'm going to have to use fake numbers because I have no idea it was six years ago what what our numbers were. Um, but let's say that um, we were bringing in, um, 
$50,000. Well, I guess the money doesn't matter. So it was more percentages. So it, there was a couple insurance companies that were like two or 3% of our monthly income. Okay, those are going to be easy. There were some, you know, we got to see what percentage cash. Now there's a lot of you in practice who are walking around and saying you're like 80% cash, 20% insurance. Most of you are lying. You may not know you're lying, and I'm really sorry. Don't get mad at me if you know that that's what you are. Fantastic. But it is one of those things where most of us greatly overestimate how much insurance we're taking versus cash. It's just the truth. So you need to know your numbers. Um, at the time that I was considering or like saying like, all right, I think we need to start getting out from under these a-holes of insurance. Um, I thought I was about 50, 50, maybe 60% cash. I found out I was about 70% insurance. So I was like, Ooh, that's gonna suck. So you have your pie chart and you know how much money, what percentage of your income is from each insurance company. Now with that, you're also gonna want to know some information like how many like what's what how much are you getting paid from that do you're gonna need to do some math so for instance um oh god you guys i'm gonna have to do math on air so let's say that i get twenty thousand dollars a month from medicaid and they pay me twenty dollars a visit these are actually kind of accurate numbers so that means that i see one thousand patients a month on Medicaid. Okay. Well, I don't know if that math checks out. 1,000 times 20, 20,000. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. So that means I'm seeing a thousand patients a month that I'm submitting to Medicaid for. Now let's say my cash price is $40. We're going to do that because that should make things easier on my brain to do math live on air without numbers written down. That would mean that I don't need to convince 1,000 people to stay with me. I can get out of network with Medicaid and only keep 50% of them, yes, and still be exactly where I was. That kind of math um, and figuring out is really helpful in just giving you that courage to like, yep, this is what I'm gonna do, it's gonna be okay. Because if you're a high insurance practice going, oh my gosh, what if we lose a bunch of people? Because you're probably gonna lose some. Not a bunch, but some. Um, so just know where your money come from, know what would happen, like how what percentage of those people do you need to move over now, here's the deal. Let's say that, you know, that was an easy example of math of like, hey, you can lose half of them and still be okay. Let's take a scenario where you're getting paid more than you would for your cash price. Like, you know, let's say you have an insurance that's paying pretty decent. Let's say they pay you 50 bucks and your price is 40. Okay, well, that's a more complicated conversation, but like you can convince the patient that like my cash price is cheaper than insurance so like that conversation can be difficult if they're in network but like ultimate or like not if they're in network if their deductibles met but like you can say like when your deductible resets here's the deal you don't have to pay me you're actually going to be saving money by me not being in network 
kind of. Um, don't mention the kind of. So, you know, know that math on each one. Also, know the insurance rules of getting out of network. So call either you or have your friend desk person call customer relationships or whatever it's called for insurance. Um, I recommend doing the, I have no proof that this actually happens. Okay. But I recommend not telling them who you are when you call. I'm just convinced that if they know you're leaving or whatever, like all of a sudden you're going to get audited. Like they're, they don't want people to leave. They want chiropractors to be in network because that is enticing to their members that they have lots of people to choose from. So I'm always a fan of like calling from a cell phone or whatever and just being like, hey, um, what is your process for a chiropractor who's in network to get out of network? And if they're like, okay, well, who are you? And like, uh, it's just a theoretical question. Like, what's your process? Like, don't tell them. Again, I have no proof that they're going to use that information. Um, some insurance companies are literally like, you can be out of network within 24 hours. All you have to do is fax in a letter in writing um, saying that you would like to be out of network. In that call, get the fact, okay, what's the fax number? What's the email? What's, you know, get that information and start documenting it. Some insurance companies are closer to six months, okay? So, like, this is why before you start setting out your timeline, you want to know, like, what's their timeline? Because it can be cute. You can be like, I'm getting out of network with Blue Cross Blue Shield today. And then it's like, they're like, no, you ain't. You're in network for the rest of the year, bitch. They aren't that mean to your face. Sometimes they are. I'm just kidding. They're not. Um... So know that information and you're going to use that then once you have that with all the people that you're in network with and you're going to create your timeline. Now, your timeline of getting out of network is totally your story and how you want to do it. There is no right way. Your timeline, if you're really high, like let's say you're 90% insurance and you want to transition to 90% cash, you might have a three-year timeline. That's okay. Now, there are some ballsy people out there who I'm sure were just like, I don't network, I don't network, I don't network. Um, if you are listening and you are one of those chiropractors who like got out of network and made a huge flip and your numbers didn't drastically suffer um, for a while, send me a message or an email and I would love to have you on to like know how you ripped off the Band-Aid and it didn't make your practice suffer. Um, but ultimately I'm a fan of the, if you are over 50% insurance, I'm a fan of like, you know, at least a year timeline. It allows you to do things right. Um, it allows you to take your time to have conversations with patients face to face. Um, and that's the really ideal is that you're you have a conversation with every single patient who's going to be getting kicked off their insurance because you went out of network. So you can choose to do smallest amount of money to the most. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what I did is I took the ones that were like, you know, I'm getting like a thousand dollars a month or 400 bucks a month on average from this, pay, you know, and just like get me out of network right away. Um, you know, there was like six people I had to have a conversation with. That's another thing that would be good to know that I didn't say before is like break that up down into patient conversations. So if you get, let's say you got like 
$1,000 a month from an insurance company, but it's all because of like two patients. I don't know if that math adds up, but like two patients and you don't even really like one of those patients. Like that's not really a hard conversation or like a hard decision. Just like bye Felicia. And then, Hey you, I need to talk to you. Here's some changes that are going to happen. Um, this is how it affects your care. And you know, peace be with you. If you would not like to stay here, don't be heartless people. Um, or you can do easiest to hardest. So maybe, you know, easiest is going to depend on a lot of variables for you. So it might not be that it's easiest because it's the least amount of money. It might be easiest because, um, it's the patients that you don't really tend to like seeing anyway, so you'd be okay. Or you think that the conversation is going to be really easy because let's say they all have a $35 copay. If that's a standard thing for that insurance of like, yep, they have a $35 chiropractic copay and like you're going to charge them $35 for their insurance or like for their visits. That's an easy conversation. You could do that one first. So you know, ultimately just space it out, figure out what your timeline's going to be. Um, I, I would love to say like every once a month cut an insurance company, but that's not going to be the case. You might get rid of, if you're a network with 12 different insurance networks, companies, you might get rid of five in the first two months because they're just not even submitting to them anyways. Um, and then you may take one every three months type of thing after that. So next, you're going to start transitioning your patients who are categorically considered wellness off their insurance. So these are the patients that are coming every two weeks they're not on an active care plan or even the patients who are coming once a week or they're coming once a month and they have been for a while. And once a month, you send that uh, claim off to insurance and insurance pays it for some reason. That's fantastic that you're not getting audited by them yet. Um, I do believe that. Oh, I didn't talk about this. This was a big reason why Kirby and I got out of network is we started hearing stories of bigger clinics that were just getting audited like huge audits. And I knew that like, I wouldn't win. I'm a little guy compared to an insurance company. And the way our systems and procedures are set up that like, we would just get hosed by them. So it was like, no, I, you know, we're a big wellness clinic. And I wasn't gonna be able to, I wasn't gonna be able to prove that Nancy was coming once a month for the last 18 months, because we were really trying to get rid of her migraines. Like, no, you're maintaining Nancy and that's great, but that's not what most insurances are set up for. So I started just having conversations where it's like, hey, you know, we've been reviewing accounts, we've been doing a self audit. Um, you can choose whatever kind of in you want with that patient of like, basically, you're doing so great, but insurance choose like kind of views things as active care and wellness care. Um, if something were to happen, we can go back to submitting. But right now at once a month or twice a month or once a week, um, that's not under your coverage. Highly recommend not lying here. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say I lied, but I like tried using like a your insurance has changed what they're considering wellness care. And like for some people, that was just an easy thing for 
one or two others, it created some really awkward conversations when they're like, I called my insurance and they said nothing has changed with my chiropractic. Okay, I was, I'm telling you what not to do, people. Okay, don't judge me for, I learned. So again, avoid involving and try not making it that like insurance is the bad guy and that's why you're doing this. It can create just problems. Now, you can say things like, well, this is about transitioning people off wellness. Um, it's hard to have the conversation of like your insurance doesn't care about active care. And like you can really sell that whole like they're bad thing. But then it's like, OK, so have what we've been doing, Dr. Smith, has that been illegal? And you're like, oof, well, I wouldn't use the phrase illegal. <laughs> like Again, you can see how there's lots. This is why I recommend doing this over time, because you're going to have conversations sprinkled throughout the day um, before a shift. You're going to identify a couple people that you're going to start kicking off to wellness and you're going to get better at having the conversation as you learn like, well, that was a bad way to phrase it. Well, that didn't go how I planned. Um, and you're just going to get better at having that conversation. A really nice way is if you don't do progress exams, um, a progress exam for those non Kairos who for some reason are listening to this episode. Um, it's a hi, mom. <laughs> no, it's a like every X number of visits, you are spending extra time with the patient to just assess their functional progress. Like, where are they at? Um, are they digressing? Are they improving? Like, do you need to see them more? Do you need to see them less? So we do them every 12 visits in our clinic now um, or every six months, whichever, you know, for a few people who are like once a month, we'll do it every six visits. So if you don't do those, um, you can just start of like, you know, have your front desk say, hey, uh, the doctor's going to spend a little extra time just seeing where you're at in your journey and your care, making sure that you're getting um exactly what you need out of your visits is just checking your progress you know something like that if you do progress exams then this is a great time where even if you've been seeing someone on insurance for a year and a half and they're due for their progress exam you go well okay nancy so it looks like you're doing amazing and you've reached your maximum expected outcome from your insurer or from your chiropractic care. Now, good news, we're going to keep you so you don't digress. But unfortunately, since we don't think we can improve upon the situation even more, we're just going to keep you here by insurance definition that's no longer within their coverage. So you can see how like that verbiage is like, awesome news. You're doing so good. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to stop because that's ridiculous, but it does mean that by definition, um, your insurance only wants to pay for when you're worse. So if you are, if you get bad again, don't worry, we can go back to insurance. Um, they're there for you to support you. But for now, we're gonna and then you like tell them what your pricing is and like try and sell them on that. You can see how it is kind of nice to have these conversations with as many people long before you get out of network with that specific insurance because you can keep their insurance as that, um, what's it called, parachute of like, but hey, don't worry, if you do need to go back to two or three times a week, we've got them there. That's when they'll start covering again. Um, but if you're having just the like, we're getting out of network, 
you have to start paying thing, it's, it's just a harder pill to swallow. Um, okay. Assume their okay. communication with them. I have, I have written down, assume they're going to send an asshole letter. What I mean by that on my notes is ensure when you're getting out of network, know that there's a good chance the insurance company you're getting out of network with is going to send a letter to your patients. You want to send a letter before they get their letter from insurance. Um, so these are for all of the people that you haven't had a conversation with. So we said we kind of skipped a point here of like one, you start having the conversation with your wellness patients, whether you're getting out of network with their insurance soon or not, just start kicking people who shouldn't be on insurance off to cash slowly. Um, so then what will happen is, is you decide like, okay, we are going to be out of network within three months with Humana. And that's all of a sudden means that you need to start having like the talk with some people who haven't gotten kicked off. Now, I don't know if you want to do this three months out. I would say probably closer to four to six weeks is a good idea. Um, and, you know, it just kind of depends on how many patients you're seeing. If you're seeing a ton and you're going to need to have like 20 conversations a day because you need to set aside time for this so that's where it's like for some people you might need to have it earlier and some you can wait until the last minute you know you're going to have some people who are starting as new patients during that time and then just when they get to the end of their care plan you don't even have to have an out-of-network conversation you could just get to be like congratulations you're graduating to wellness care this is what this means for you um so you know that's that benefit is you start doing that um but as I would recommend sending a letter about 30 days out from your final day of being in network to the patients you haven't had a conversation with. Also send it to the people that you have had the conversation with because like, who knows if they were listening properly. Um, it's just a really good time to in writing, put down your reasoning. You don't want to get too philosophical here. You want to keep it very them focused. Um, so what I mean by that is your verbiage in your letter should be along the lines of like, you know, after working with uh, X insurance for a certain amount of years, um, we are our final date of being in network is going to be this day. Here's our reason for parting ways. Um, you know, you don't want to bash the insurance company. You can want to keep it more like broad strokes of like, we've found that our patients' um, care plans or progress were restricted by limitation. You know, like you want to make it again, very about the patient, very much about the patient. This is not the letter to be like, I was restricted as a doctor and it was taking up too much time. No, <laughs> that this is not that letter. This letter is about selling them that this decision was about them and that you have their health as a number one priority. The other very important part of this letter is what this means for them. I literally bolded what this means for you and then had the paragraphs below. 
because a lot of people, if they see like four paragraphs and it's like, they're not going to read all that stuff. They only care about like, okay, so I guess I need to find a new chiropractor. So they're going to, but if you say what this means for your care um, or for you, they're going to go down and go, okay, well, tell me. Yeah, that's what I really want to know. So you want to make sure here that they know that just because you are out of network does not mean they cannot continue care at your office. Let them know you have plenty of patients that um, are being seen for wellness and maintenance care at your office. You're often finding that you're able to beat their co-pays or their prices and find many affordable plans. You want to let them know that many people who have your insurance have already made this transition to not submitting through insurance and are getting are very happy. People want to know like, well, what is everybody else with my insurance doing? Am I going to be the only idiot paying you cash and everyone else is going to a different chiropractor and network? Like you want to let them know like, no, many people are have like everyone we've talked to about this. Have we've been able to come to an agreement of some sort? Like this is that part of the letter. Okay. Um, and then end it. You want to, I would have like, if you have questions or concerns about what this means for you, send an email or call us here. Like, again, have that bolded. And then over that month, you're like, touch and base. Hey, did you get that letter? Now, a lot of the people you've probably already had a conversation with. This shouldn't be the first time they're hearing it. Ideally, you had a conversation with them before they got the letter. So it was not a shock. Um, most of the people who you haven't had a conversation with are people who aren't probably like active patients at your clinic and you haven't seen in months and, you know, they're going to be getting it. So, what the insurance company may do, what they send out is brutal. They send out a letter that's basically like effective January 17th of this year. Um, X chiropractic clinic will no longer be a benefit or yada yada. Here's a list of other local chiropractors that are in network. And it's like, ouch, it, it just, it, it's not, they don't um, do it a in a nice way type of thing. It's just very matter of fact, as of this day, it's very kind of like, as of this day, you can no longer go to this chiropractor. So this is why you wanna make sure they get your letter first, because then by the time they get that insurance letter, it's like, oh yeah, they pretty much don't even read it because they've already read your letter. So, you know, the big thing with this, when you, whether you are having the conversation online, whether you are having the conversation knee to knee or in a letter, the big point is focusing on your communication with the patient that you are going to find a solution for them whenever possible. People think that you being out of network, they think in terms of hospital. I would never go to an out-of-network hospital because I know that like a lot of times there's no cap on what is going to be paid. Here's a real life story for you guys. So my youngest daughter, Ty, um, she was a home birth. It was great. Um, and a few, you know, nine days after she was born, we found ourselves going to urgent care because she had all of these like pus packets that started like forming on her abdomen and then they would pop and then new ones would come. And I'm like, what is this? I thought we were going in for a fungal cream, like legit, you know, maybe at worst an oral antibiotic. I was thinking topical. 
So fast forward, like within an hour of being in, well, they made us go to ER because she was only nine days old and urgent care doesn't see anyone. But anyways, so within like 45 minutes of being in the ER, you know, she is eating great. She's sleeping great. She's gaining weight. She's a healthy baby, except for these bus packets. They tell me that she has a staph infection and she needs to be taken via ambulance to the next level hospital that has a NICU um, to get IV antibiotics for at least 48 hours. And things are moving very quickly now. Like when they determine like this baby has a staph infection, they don't move slowly. Um, I literally like stopped someone as they're kind of like frantically trying to like get an IV in place so she could more easily be hooked up to antibiotics. As soon as she got to the hospital, I'm like, hey, can you confirm that that hospital's in or like in network with our insurance? And they looked at me like I had three heads because in this moment, they I've just been told that my newborn has a staph infection that could be life-threatening. And I'm asking whether the hospital they're sending us to is in-network or out-of-network. Um, because we had no, like we needed to go to a different hospital if it wasn't. Because at that time, that insurance, we had no out-of-pocket max. Which is scary. Like that's bankruptcy level, yo. Like if she ends up having to have surgery, like I don't want to end up owing $200,000 to an insurance company because we went to an out of network. So people think in those lines a lot unless they've had an experience like this where it's like, yes, you can go to an out of network chiropractor and it can be cheaper. Um, so that just needs to be the underlying message with all of your communication of like, oh, many people still come to us, even though we're not in network with their insurance. Um, and, you know, we have found that we can beat most prices and things like that. So have empathy, have empathy for the amount of money that they are paying on a monthly basis to their insurance. Um, meet them where they're at in the conversation, provide solutions for them. There are so many sub categories to this conversation. You know, there's the category or the question of like, just how do you start not being in network? Um, there's how do you have, how do you run a mostly cash practice? Like, how do you handle when a patient calls and says, are you in network with this? Like how, what are your cash options? Like there's so many different side conversations to this that we're not going to answer in this one. Um, but Hopefully for those that are, you know, I've been wanting to start taking action. Um, I will tell you, being out of network has been glorious during the pandemic because very little has changed in our life um, as far as our patient numbers. Um, some have gone down, but the people who have gone down has gone down out of like them not wa them wanting to quarantine. Um, we have our patients have been trained to understand chiropractic care because they're paying for it. I think that a patient can absolutely value chiropractic if they're not paying for it and if somebody else is paying for it. I will tell you, they it's a lot easier for them to pay for it and value it. Like, you know, hold on, that was a weird way of saying it. When a crisis hits, they've been forced to make the decision already prior to this, whether they value chiropractic. 
So when money gets short, when a pandemic happens, you know, you're not all of a sudden having to scramble to tell your patients like, hey, I know you lost your job and therefore lost your insurance, um, but... Here's why you should all of a sudden start paying out of pocket for this because chiropractic is freaking awesome for your immune system. That's a really hard conversation to have with a bunch of people. So I will say that it has created a much more stable environment for our um, our finances, for our influx of patients, um, for our systems and procedures. We're not having to like calculate what this means, um, but that doesn't mean that it's the right decision for everyone. So I like it, but there are definitely, there are definitely days where I think like, damn it, did we do the right thing of not being in network with Medicaid? Um, Tony Evil makes fun of me all the time because we've had, not all the time, but he makes fun of me all the time because we've had this conversation probably four or five times of like, I feel like I should just be in network because like the kids in our area that need me most are on Medicaid. They're the foster kids. Like we're in a very poor area of Wisconsin. And, you know, so it's like, it eats at my heart, but I know that technically, like, the way that the insurance is set up, there are loopholes, and we see so many kids that it's like, I don't want to be audited and have to go out of business because of that. So, you know, it's tough. Anybody who is being honest will tell you it's a tough decision. Um, but... You got it if you do it for the right reasons and you do it with a full heart, wanting to provide options for your patients. And it's not just about you and your life. It's still the right decision. So until next week, She Slayers, keep those questions coming. Keep those reviews coming. If you liked this episode, please screenshot it and uh, share it or, you know, just uh, flick up and hit write a review do something do something like that I don't know or just send me a dm and be like gee lauren you're great I like you a lot thanks and I'll be like oh thanks I like you too seven heart emojis okay bye guys see you next week hey she slayers are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love sked has exactly what you're looking for they will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <laughs>